Hi, I'm Olaomi Brigway, and I began to experience all-round supernatural success in my life when I finally accepted that no matter how hard a person works, they will never rise above the level of thinking. Are you looking for transformation from the inside out? Then join me on the Super Abundant Life podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Super Abundant Life podcast, where we tackle real issues by examining the lives of real people and extracting real life solutions that are rooted in the wisdom of God. This is your host, Olaomi Brigway. Hi, this is Olaomi and welcome to episode 44. Glory to God, episode 44 into the podcast. I'm truly grateful to you um, for showing up every week, for listening to the podcasts and also for sharing and also (laughs) for the feedback, for sending me messages, um, asking me questions, um, even asking me to clarify some things that I mentioned on the podcast. I enjoy every part of it and I'm truly grateful for it. So thank you. Now we're heading towards the end of 2019. Um, by the time this podcast is published, um, I believe on the 22nd, is it 22nd or 21st? One of those dates, uh, will be very close to the end of the year. And this time around this time is a great opportunity to reflect on the year that is coming to an end and also to set our sights on the year that is coming in front of us okay um so i hope that is something that you're taking time out to do um because the reason why we need to do that and not just past time as in okay another year has come and then you spend another uh, 365 days or 366 days. And that's it. Okay. I'm just marking time. Time is too precious for us to live it like that. We have to be very intentional about how we spend our time. And I, and I heard somebody say this, that we people tend to overestimate what they can do in a day, but they grossly underestimate what they can do in a year. Yeah. So we tend when we're saying, okay, this is my to-do list, this is what I have to do today, we tend to overestimate what we can get done in one day, but we grossly, significantly underestimate what we can do in a year. A year is a perfect time to set your sights on, to say, this is what I want to achieve in one year. It's long enough to give it time and the breather um, to look ahead and to break it down into um, mini goals, etc. But, you know, I'm not solely talking about goal setting today. Um, as you know, <laughs> you know, I love goal setting. Um, not just goal setting, but the right way that deals with the internal and the external. But what I want to do today, to be honest with you, is to talk. Okay. I want to talk to Christians. <laughs> you say what have you been doing all the while on the podcast? Yes, I've been talking to Christians. But today I want to have a heart to heart talk with Christians because, uh, I feel like with interacting with, you know, my, my, my business, my work is primarily with Christians. So I interact a lot on the achievement level with Christians. So it's not just sharing Bible, right? Um, I, you know, I talk about people going for, you know, what they want to achieve. So on the productivity level, I, I deal with a lot of Christians. And one thing that, one theme that I keep coming across over and over again is this idea that we have as Christians that because I'm a Christian, because God loves me, because Jesus came and he died for me, everything should just fall into my laps. Everything should just be easy. Because I pray, then I should get that promotion. Because I pray then my child should be fine and, you know, should do well at school and be well behaved because I pray my health should be just 100%. Prayer is, if you know me, if you've been listening to my podcast, you will know that I take prayer very seriously, but the right kind of prayer, mind you, not mindless prayer. Um, so I take prayer very seriously and I take my rights and inheritance in God 
extremely seriously. Without them, I don't even have a leg to stand on, neither with any Christian. But this idea that things will automatically be easy and they will fall into our lives because God is on our side, I don't know where we got that from because it's not true. It really is not true. I always quote this scripture just to debunk that idea that it will be easy because I pray, because God is on my side. I don't have to face challenges. God will just come and fight for me and then the door just opens. I don't need to fight. Jesus Christ, the Bible says in Hebrews that we have not even faced resistance the way Jesus did. So whoever wrote Hebrews, some people say Paul, some people say not Paul whoever wrote Hebrews was saying, you guys are saying, you know, you are, you are in bondage, you, are, you know, in slavery that, you know, persecuting you. And he said, you haven't even tasted, well, I'm paraphrasing now, one billionth of the persecution and the resistance that Jesus faced, right? Jesus was persecuted and he, he expressed so much resistance against him that they killed him. But God took that death and he used it for his own purpose, right? How much, you know, Jesus that was 100% at all times in the will of God. He faced resistance. He fought. I mean, he fought. They tried to kill him before his time. You know, he, he came to lay down his life, but Satan tried to do it in a way that was not God's will. So they, they, they tried so many times, every time he, he rose up to, to speak, the Pharisees were always there, you know, mocking all sorts. He faced, he went through all sorts. And that's the model. That's the truth. That's the reality of the Christian life. The Christian life is not, oh, I, you know, I, God showed me something. And then, um, the moment I face difficulty, I start questioning God. I start saying, God, why is this happening? Oh God, you know, why did you abandon me? I mean, only babies do that. And we need to grow very quickly beyond that point. And the reason why as a Christian, as a young Christian, you will notice that before you say, ah, God has helped you. Before you pray, prayer, the thing has manifested. But then you were a child, you were a baby, you know. Um, at some point, God will begin to allow you to take up, you know, strength, to build strength, all right, into your spirit man, to be able to stand and to fight and to win. So that your soul can be saved because at the end of the day, the most precious thing in the kingdom of God is the soul of a man. It is, says the whole world put together, all right, is not as valuable as the soul of one man. So all these things that we say we are reaching out to God for a new job, a new home, marriage, all these things are all temporary. They won't go with us. Even marriage, I say, where I will love you forever. No, when you get to heaven, separate. <laughs> There's no marriage in heaven. As in, that's probably the most permanent thing, right? Say, oh, we're together. You know, two has become one. Two becomes one. But then when you get to heaven, one becomes two again. You have different identities. There's no marriage. You have now brother and sister. So the soul, God expects us to grow, to be mature. All right? And that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is that God is a God of principles. So when we are expecting him to just do things that are not aligned with his principles he cannot he really genuinely cannot so if you read through one very good example that i'm going to give straight away is if someone is lazy god will not violate the whole of proverbs to come and promote you or to bless you or to give you that dream if you are lazy if you will not get up and work for example you say, oh, Abraham's blessings are mine. Oh, God will supply all my needs. One does not invalidate the other. But the truth is, if you, if the fact that the same Bible that says God will supply your needs is the same Bible that says that the sluggard desires but does not get anything, simply because he's lazy. So what I want to talk about today, all right, and I hope you will indulge me. <sighs> Heart to heart talk to Christians, okay? We cannot carry these kind of attitudes into 2020 and beyond. This idea that you should just roll into my laps because I'm a Christian and because God loves me. Hmm. He's a God of principles. He will not violate his principles. So today I'm talking about seven brutally honest reasons 
why next year and beyond won't be different unless certain adjustments are made. So we can prophesy or we like, we can say 2020, the year of 2021, the year of, and we can have access. So God opens our eyes to see what he wants to do or we like. If we violate certain principles of the word of God, then we will not enter into those things. So that's what I want to talk about today. Seven brutally honest reasons why you will not experience change or transformation in the areas that you even desire them the most, unless these things are in place, unless these adjustments are made. Okay. Are we ready? So let's begin. Number one, number one, the first brutally honest reason why next year will not be different is if you do not have written clearly defined goals and not just write down your goals and a strategic plan of action. You might say, how is that a biblical principle? The Bible itself is evidence that God has a plan. The fact that you have the Bible that you're reading, right? Before it became the Bible, it was the Torah. God commanded Moses to document everything from Genesis. Every, you know, it start, from the beginning, God made his plan known. He talked about the, slam, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. He talked about, you know, um, to Eve that your, your seed will bruise the 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 head of satan of of the serpent so you know he from the beginning god will want to do something he will be saying it for hundreds of years he prophesied about jesus he prophesied about the new testament he prophesied about you know um pouring out the spirit he had a plan he showed joseph his plan in advance so god is not the kind of person that would just turn and say hey okay so what are we doing today <laughs> <laughs> okay, boys. Okay, what's happening today? And then he'll now like you know, sort of like fly by the seat of your pants kind of person. God is a planner, and the sooner we understand that as Christians, the easier it will be for us to enter into God's will for our lives. If you're going, I mean, a whole year, one whole year, three hundred and sixty-five days, or three sixty-six is twenty twenty leap year. <laughs> right and you don't have a plan all right you're just like oh you know all you have is 2020 is the year of and that's it it can't work <laughs> it won't work honestly i am saying this because i have lived it i used to be you know it might be quite surprising now because i'm always about you know setting your sights and clarity and all these things but I used to live my life like, okay, one day at a time. And guess what? I didn't progress. For many years, I was just there. I was just there. I didn't really move forward. Even though I was seeing all these things that God was saying about me in the Bible. But I did not move forward because I was not intentional about reaching out for those things. And the first thing is, if you don't have a written, clearly defined goal or goals, number one. And so it's not just about... I'm not talking about new year's resolutions. I'm talking about writing down what you want to achieve in the year 2020 and every other time you, you listen to this podcast and you want to set your goals and a strategic plan of action and a strategic plan of actions. Once I realize this, you know, um, that is my coaching program, no matter what you come to me for for coaching. This, this is always part of it. We, I don't just sit down and have conversation. So for example, you, you know, for my one-to-one -one clients, we don't just sit down and talk and say, Hey, so how do you feel about, I'm not a therapist. God didn't call me to be a therapist. <laughs> I'm a coach and to be a coach for Misha, you know, to coach people, you, they have to have direction and you can't have direction. If you don't have a plan, if you don't have a plan, God is a planner. So that's the first thing that will out of the gate hinder you from experiencing new levels in 2020, as in no exceptions. If you don't have it, you cannot stumble into your destiny. It is impossible to stumble into it. 
you know people come and share testimonies and i was just sitting down minding my own business and then you know somebody just came and then did this and did that praise the lord and we we've heard testimonies like that and we sort of think that god is like the one running around saying okay what are we going to do for allow me this year and running around moving things around and saying okay so let's let's uh, while you are sitting down lounging on you know on a beach chair somewhere sipping uh drinks or whatever no <laughs> we are partners with god in fact the more accurate description of our of our role on earth is we are enforcers of the will of god jesus said thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven thy kingdom come we are enforcers of the will of god so when god shows you that 2020 is a year of something you have to get to work and say okay so what's the plan how are we approaching this so if you don't have a written goal, clearly defined written goal, if you don't even have clarity, I mean, you can't even move forward. These are things that I've taught, you know, so many times on this podcast. Um, so you need clarity. You need clarity. You need to sit with the Holy Spirit and allow him open your eyes. 365 days cannot, must not be wasted. All right. I'm going to, you know, there was a study from Harvard MBA program um, that illustrates this point that I'm saying excellently. And that's why I said God is a God of principles. This principle, what is a principle? What's a law? Something that works irrespective of who applies it. The law of gravity, it doesn't matter who applies it, it will always work. It's the same thing. If you follow the principles of God, whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, they will work. And that's why some people say, even unbelievers are doing better than me because they're following the principles. If they follow the principles of God, God causes his son to shine on the good and the evil. That's what the Bible says. He will not say, oh, only my children will I allow the sun to shine on. So evil people, unbelievers, block out the sun for them. No, you follow the principles, you get the results. So it says in 1979, interviewers asked new graduates on th- in the Harvard MBA program about their goals for the future. And they found that 84% had no specific goals at all. All right, 84%. 13% had goals, but they were not committed to paper. So they hadn't written them down. And 3% had clear written goals and plans to accomplish them. That's why I said the written goal and a strategic plan. 10 years later, after they graduated, the graduates of that same class were interviewed again and the results were staggering. It's the results show that 13% of the class who had goals were earning on average twice as much as the 84% who had no goals at all. So the ones that had said okay this is what i want to achieve and had written those goals down were earning on average twice as much as the 84 percent who had no goals at all and even more astounding is the fact that the three percent who had clear written goals and an action plan a strategic plan that three percent they were earning on average 10 times as much as the 97 percent together <laughs> isn't that amazing so literally having a plan that's why i will tip in here you need a coach or a mentor <laughs> why because life happens you need at the very least get an accountability partner at the very least because a strategic plan, you know how it is now in your in your workplace. When they come and they say that this is a, the strategic plan for the company for the next five years, you have to have checking points. All right, every 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 establishment I have worked in, we will the leadership would have you know the strategic plan and frequently, right, regularly will come and, and assess and say, how are we doing? So if you don't have those checkpoints and someone besides yourself holding you to account unless you have like your will a will of steel and i i it's very unlikely i don't know anybody like that because the truth is the most successful people on the face of this earth every single one of them go and watch their videos read their books they always have a coach or a mentor or somebody holding them to account so that clearly shows 
that you cannot do it on your own. You need somebody besides yourself. Okay. So, um, having clearly defined goals and writing them down and having a strategic plan that you are checking in at regular points with somebody holding you to account. It says that you're, you're going to achieve 10 times more success than someone who didn't even have any goals at all. Right. So that is the first brutally honest truth or reason why if you don't make that adjustment, 2020 will just be another year that just passes and you will say everything I wanted didn't happen. Okay. Where, where, you know, um, I believe God that his grace is upon us to make the right adjustments. The second one, the second brutally honest reason why 2020 will be no different unless you make an adjustment is if you do not place enough value on your time. If you do not place enough value on your time. Someone said time is the most valuable resource that God has given us. It's not money. Some people say, oh, I can't start this business because I don't have money. It's not true. I'm living proof of that. If you have time and you use your time well, there is nothing you will not be able to accomplish because when you begin to walk down the right path, all the resources, physical resources, money, people, they will come to you. That's how it works. So distraction is productivity's biggest killer. All right. Is it right? It is. It is. That's why focus is one of the pillars of gems of my coaching. It has to be because life happens and we live in the age of distraction. (laughs) Need I tell you? Look at your phone. I mean, it's ping, 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 ping and all those things. So distraction is the norm. Focus is the exception. So you have to go for focus like you're, you know, you're going for air. Because to be distracted is the norm. That's normal mode now for every single one of us. And unless you use your time well, unless you channel your time and you, you know, into activities that are taking you forward in 2020, 2020 will come and go and it will be just another year that wasn't really remarkable. Every second of time, right, that passes, a fraction of your life goes with it. I know that sounds a bit brutal, but remember, these are brutal truths. Every second of your life of time that passes, a fraction of your time goes with it. When we begin to see time like that, we'll sit up. We'll sit and say, oh, okay, it's just 10 minutes now. I just want to. No, you will sit up. Because you will realize that you've been wasting time. And I don't buy, I honestly don't buy this idea of, I'm so busy, I don't have time. Um, somebody said, I heard this a few, you know, a few days ago. Um, I think it's one of the, one of the mentors in a super abundant women program. And I think she said something like, um, you, I'm going to completely butcher this now. But the way I understood what she said was, the things that you truly want to do, don't so basically it's this you you say you don't have time but the things that you truly want to do you will make time in other words some of my can say i'm so busy work is so busy i work 12 hour days da, 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 da. but if some you know if there's something that is important to you that you value you will create time you will find time from that time that doesn't exist so really it's about value it honestly is about value i've shared on this podcast Um, the episode where I talk about time and using your time well, I worked in one of the most, um, stressful professions before I started my business, right? You know, so time consuming people run away from teaching like first two or three years. I always using incentives to try and bring people back or to retain people because it is so time consuming. It takes all of your time. But within that, I said, listen, I have a plan. I'm not going to be in education forever. You know, I'm looking to the future. So I want to begin to invest in my future and not live as if this is all I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So I was very, very, very efficient in the way I used my time. In the way I used my time. So how are you spending this precious currency called time? 
What are you exchanging it for? Because you really are exchanging it for something. While you're at work, you're exchanging it for your salary or whatever it is. If you are fritting it away, you know, um, doing nothing, that means you're exchanging it for nothing. How do you spend your evenings and your weekends? Is it all about, let me just relax, chill and entertainment? All right. Do you spend your spare time developing yourself? Yes, relax and be entertained. But is that all you do? Let me read you a quote by the man, a man called Bertie Charles Forbes. Uh, he lived between 1880 and 1954. And you probably recognize the name Forbes because he is the founder of Forbes magazine. So obviously a very successful man. Um, successful in the sense that he didn't only build something, but what he built is still here. So he left a legacy. All right. It wasn't fleeting success. Forbes magazine is still very successful today. And he said, tell me how a young man spends his evenings and I will tell you how far he's likely to go in the world. The reason why I'm reading this quote is because people have this idea that once I've done my nine to five or I've worked during the day, then that's it. Evenings and weekends is just to like jollof and relax and, you know, be entertained and all those things. But he's saying the popular notion is that a youth's progress depends upon how he acts during his working hours. It doesn't. It depends far more upon how he utilized his leisure. If he spends it in harmless idleness, he's likely to be kept on the payroll, but that will be all about it. If he diligently utilizes his own time to fit himself for more responsible duties, then the greater responsibilities and greater rewards are almost certain to come to him. In other words, if you're saying that you want 2020 and beyond to be different, then you have to look at how you're spending this, how you're spending your leisure time. How are you spending your leisure time? Yeah. Is it just to relax? Is it just, and don't get me wrong. I'm all for self-care, but what I'm saying is if you want something to be different, you have to do things differently. So if all you think about is while I'm working, I invest myself and my mind and I put everything into my nine to five. But once I leave my nine to five, that's it. No, you can use that time to develop yourself. You can use that time to build a business. You can use that time to start something, to invest in the lives of your children. And some people actually, you know, go as far as using the excuse of, eh, but that's the time when I'm cooking. And Okay, I agree. I'm a mother as well and a wife, so I'm, I'm not, what I'm saying is be intentional about how you spend the spare time. You need to be intentional because that spare time is what will make the difference. I hope you understand what I'm saying. That's what will make the difference, not the time where you are doing what you're expected to do because everybody else is doing that. Everyone that has a job or runs a business, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing in the nine to five. If you want to be differentiated from the average person, you now need to take it to another level and say an hour or two every night, I'm going to intentionally build something, invest my life or my time in building something. Okay. All right. And this is, I, you know, I saw this quote many years ago and it has always stuck with me. And it was simply this, work full-time on your job and part-time on your future. Work full-time on your job. So be there when you're at work, be present. But also take time from your evenings and weekends to build yourself and to build your future, whatever that future might be. So someone might say, I want to be financially independent in 2020 or in five years time. But you never take time to read a book on financial independence. You never take time to read blogs or whatever it is or whatever. Do you understand? So you have to invest. In it. It's not going to fall into your laps. And time is the most precious currency that God has given us to exchange for our future, right? So plan your evenings and weekends so that you're committing time regularly to working on your goals. 
Let this be the new code that you live by. Every second counts. If you waste time, then truly what that means, and listen to what I'm saying. I'm not talking about wasting time when you're supposed to be working. I'm saying wasting time after, you know, you sign off at work and you go home. Right? We have to invest that time intentionally. Even when it's for entertainment, you are investing intentionally to say, this is my time to recharge my batteries, to relax and just laugh and just enjoy my life. It's intentional. It doesn't just drift as now finish work now, the next uh, eight hours before I go to sleep, I'm just going to lounge and relax. So that's brutal, <laughs> um, brutally honest reason number two. The third one, the third brutally honest reason why 2020 or beyond will not be different unless you make adjustments is if you do not have an unwavering commitment to personal development, an unwavering commitment to personal development and three links with two. So that time that I'm talking about, you need to invest a significant amount of it in personal development. It is honestly a little known secret that you don't get in life what you want. How many things have you wanted that you didn't get? We all have desires. In fact, we have strong desires. I've taught, you know, on this podcast before that having a strong desire is not a guarantee of anything. A strong desire points you in the direction that you now need to start walking towards, right? You get in life who you are. You get in life who you are. What that simply means is the level of development of capacity that you have is what will determine what you get in life, not what you desire. If you desire to be CEO of a company, of a Fortune 500 company, it's a good desire. It's a strong desire, right? Let's say I have that strong desire. I don't, but (laughs) let's say I have that strong desire, all right? Um, When I say, actually, I should rephrase that. I meant of an established of another person's fortune 500 company because there's nothing impossible. My company could very well go to fortune 500. I'm not discounting that, but let's say I want to be uh, CEO of an established fortune 500 company. All right. That's not my own company. It's a very good size, a strong desire that I have, but at the moment, my capacity to be able to handle that is nowhere near. Now, what that desire is meant to help me do is to now say, who is the kind of person that is a CEO of a Fortune 500 company? And then I begin to develop myself in that direction. Once I have the capacity, there's no one on earth. There is no demon in in hell. I was about to say heaven. (laughs) That can stop me from achieving it. Why? Because I'm now at that level. Right, everything would have to respond to me at that level as well, and that's how it works. You get in life not what you want, you get in life who you are. You get in life who you are. It's one of the truths that I have ingrained in myself. So when I I, I desire something, I write it down, I, I you know, and I see that ah, we're nowhere near, we're not getting there. I just remind myself that allow me simply because you don't yet have the capacity. So go and develop yourself because when you have that capacity, it will effortlessly come to you. God has created a system that we don't need to toil, develop yourself, build yourself to that capacity and it will effortlessly flow to you. That is how it works in God's kingdom. All right. Um, Jim Rohn, who is a, a success guru. And he, I I think he's no longer with us now, but um, I want to read something that he said. He said that I've found that income rarely exceeds personal development. Sometimes income takes a lucky jump, but unless you learn to handle the responsibilities that come with it, it will usually shrink back to the amount you can handle. If someone hands you a million dollars, you'd better hurry up and become a millionaire. Isn't that profound? If someone walked up to you now, which is what we are, as Christians, this is what I'm saying. As Christians, like, God, I want to prosper. You know, give me that promotion. So God gives it to you and he does do it. All right. He will elevate you. But if you don't hurry up 
and develop yourself to fit those shoes, it is only a matter of time before everything blows away. Like clouds. It will just be blown away because you don't have the capacity to handle it. And if it's going to destroy us before we quickly get to that level, God won't allow it. He won't even let you sniff it. You won't even go near it because it can destroy. The Bible says that wealth that comes suddenly can destroy. So if God has looked at the whole overview of this thing that you're asking for, if I allow you to go into it now, in fact, it will, you will renounce Christ at the end of the day because of the challenges that you face. You'll be like, no, there, there's no Christ. I'm an atheist. So be like, let me just gently leave you and be prompting you to develop yourself and to grow so that I can finally release it into your life. I'll keep reading. He said, a very rich man once said, if he took all the money in the world and divided it equally among everybody, it would soon be back in the same pockets it was before. It is hard to keep, it is hard to keep that which has not been obtained through personal development. So here's a great axiom of life. To have more than you've got, you have to become more than you are. This is where you should focus most of your attention. Otherwise, you just might have to contend with the axiom of not changing, which is unless you change how you are, you will always have what you've got, which is exactly what I'm saying. If you're looking for transformation, if you're looking for things to be different, you have to change who you are. If you change, if you don't change who you are, you end up having what you've always got. So on the same level, and because life doesn't even stand still, you might even end up regressing. So personal development is not, is not a negotiable thing as Christians. You know, I find it fascinating that we will spend hours praying, but you won't pick up a book to read. I mean, there's a disconnect. So the spirit is being built up. You're praying, and all the, you know, praying in the spirit and all those things, right? But the mind is not developed. I say all the time that a lot of many, many, if not most of the ideas that have grown my business, I, you know, I would, I didn't see it in the Bible. So God would give me a word. I would see the outcome where he's taking me. I don't start anything until I see it in the Bible. So the beginning, God will show me the end and I will see that, aha, this is where God is taking me. This is where God is taking my business. But the practicality of what to do, what steps to take, I will just be reading a random book and I'll just see something. Someone will say something. I'm like, wow, it would resonate with me. I would implement that idea and boom results. So if all I do is just to be doing the spiritual quote and unquote things and neglect the needful, then I am hindering myself. Personal development is developing your mind. The Bible says that Daniel understood by books, the prophecy of Jeremiah. Do you know what that means? So Jeremiah had written a prophecy from God. That is like, you know, that's like the Bible. So God gives you a word. How did he understand what to do? He said he understood by books, not the prophecy. By reading books, he understood. So the books interpreted in a practical way what God was saying. So if you're someone that does not read books or you don't take courses or, you, you know, all those kind of things, honestly, you are limiting how far you, you've automatically limited how far you will go in the following year, in 2020 and beyond. It's not even, I don't, I don't need to prophesy for that to be the truth. So you need to have an unwavering commitment to personal development, to reading books, to signing up for courses, to, you know, rubbing minds with people that are operating at a high level, right? You need to expose yourself to connections and relationships that are taking you high, that are giving just basically expanding your mind in whatever capacity, right? It is non-negotiable. I want you to think about this. We teach a child that he or she must learn and study diligently to experience growth in order to progress to the next phase of his or her life. So a child wants to go from um, studying GCSEs to A-levels. Say so you must pass your GCSEs before you can go and do A-levels, right? 
Does the same principle not apply to us as adults? Unfortunately, most people want to progress to the next phase of their lives without investing the time and the effort into acquiring the growth and the personal development that will be necessary to do so. The end of such behavior of wanting and not developing yourself, your mind, is that you will end up with doubt, with disappointment and disillusionment. Because you'll be like, okay, God doesn't want me to have it. I don't know why God is doing this. I don't know. Nah, nah. So that's the third one. That's the third one. Number four. So the fourth brutally honest reason 2020 or beyond will not be different unless you make adjustments is if you do not have a formidable guard on your mouth and by extension your mind if you don't have a guard on your mouth and by extension your mind what do i mean by that the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23 that you guard your heart above all else for it determines the cause of your life. Now, the word heart in that verse is, re- is it's, it's um, referring to your mind. So your thoughts, your belief systems, your convictions, these are what determine your decisions, your choices, eventually your actions, and then your habits. All right. And once the habits are formed, that is, you know, they ultimately determine the outcome of your life. So basically you see the world not as it is, but as you are. So if you have been speaking, if you have been speaking and saying, so, okay, what am I really saying here? We have a habit, right? Of in the place of prayer, you're saying, you know, um, I believe this is what God says. I'm standing on the word. And then the moment we walk out of that time of prayer, some, somebody comes and says, how's it going? Says, ah, well, well, you know how it is now, you know, the whole thing is just so bad. I don't even understand, you know, why everything is so bad and so on. The, <laughs> the truth is you have just neutralized the words you spoke in prayer. And you know, it's the one, that negative one that you keep speaking. That's the one that you keep experiencing. Why? Because it is in your heart in abundance. That it, it's So the, the one you spoke in prayer, that was conscious. So you spoke it deliberately. Yeah, this is what the word of God says. I'm standing on the word and then you pray. That came out of your conscious mind. It hasn't gone into your heart yet. How do I know? Because the moment you come out of prayer and something hits you that is negative, what is truly in your heart comes out. So that's why you say, ah, it's so bad. I don't even understand why they're behaving like that. So what is really in your heart comes out. I say this, that I only need about 20 minutes to sit down and have a conversation with someone to locate where they really are. No matter what they may have said at the beginning of the conversation. Oh, praise God. It is well. It is well. God is doing amazing things. I will just relax and just be talking normally. 20 minutes is all I require for me to locate where they are, whether they're truly standing in faith or whatever it is that is in their heart in abundance. All right. That is it. So if you keep speaking something that is contrary to what you say you believe, what you are doing is you are shaping your perception of life. All right. It's been skewed in that negative light. And this is what is in your heart that you will experience in life. What is in your heart is what you experience in life. So it's okay to admit and say, okay, this is the end of 2019 and I want to progress financially, but I'm being brutally honest at the moment. All that is in my heart is lack is it can't happen is I can't really get it. You know, I can't double my income. You have to own it and say, that's where I am. That's what's in your heart in abundance. Now, how do I change? You now begin to deliberately use words to change that image, but to be flippant about it and to say, oh, I'm just praying. I'm praying about it. And you spend 30 minutes praying about it. But for the rest, I don't know, 20 other hours that you are awake, you're speaking against it. What is in your heart in abundance is what will happen. It's as simple as that. It's a principle of God that cannot be violated. So doesn't it make sense to guard your mouth and your mind? Your mouth is connected to your mind, right? 
The mouth is connected to the mind. Your mouth is a gate, the same way your eyes are gates. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you have to guard your mouth and by extension, your mind with all diligence. Why? Because it determines the experiences of your life. And we're surrounded, we live in a world that is so negative. I mean, if you, if there's someone that is being intentionally positive, people will attack them and say, ah, what's your own? Ah, you know, ah, can't you at least, you know, this faith, faith thing that you're taking to the extreme. <laughs> people will say, ah, can't you at least acknowledge that things are bad? Ah, faith is not like that. So they will attack the person. If you see someone that is being intentionally positive, people will attack the person that at least acknowledge the fact that's the kind of thing they will say but the the world is so f- is full of negative negativity right look at the news the news is full of death destruction terrorism financial downturn when was the last time you opened the news and there was good news as in i don't watch i stopped watching the news many years ago someone said how will you know what's happening i said i always know by the time you go to f- social media somebody's talking about it. that's honestly that's how i find out things i don't watch the news because i've realized that by the end of the news i've you know i've taken in somebody was raped somebody was stabbed to death somebody you know the 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 prime minister said things are looking bad brexit is going to destroy us all blah, blah, blah. so I, for many years now i haven't i don't watch the news I don't, and I, and I, I am still very current with current affairs. I'm still very current. I know what's happening in the world. I may not find out the second everybody finds out, but I am very current. Okay. Because truly garbage in garbage out. What we've taken through our gates, the eye gates, the air gates, right? That is what's going straight into your heart. And then it will come out in your life. Okay. Now, while external influences contribute a great deal to your outlook on life, the biggest impact actually comes from you, the words that you're speaking. Words are a powerful force on the earth. In my gems, I teach a model called, a pillar called the God factor. And I talk about, oh my God, as in, if if we truly understood what words are, we would not be so flippant with our words. Jesus said, every word, you will be condemned or justified by every word that you speak. Words are, you know, they're so powerful in the realm. If, if God could open our eyes to see that words are actually the differentiating factor in the realm of spirit, we will not be talking the way we talk. Let me give you an example from the Bible. Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, an angel came to him and said, you're going to have a son. Uh, you've been praying. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will conceive. And immediately Zechariah said, ah, ah, no, how can that happen? Ah, Sarah, oh, it's not Sarah. Elizabeth is old. I'm, I'm also old. How can it happen? And the God say, ah, okay, do you know what? You're right. But, you know, God even tried to go because the time was short. May, there was a timeline that God had to stick to. This was something that God had set in motion thousands of years. Only one person will now use that word to scatter the whole thing. God wasn't having it. God said, you will not be able to speak until you come in alignment with what I'm doing. And he went, he went dumb because do you know why? He was the father of the child. He was a vessel that God was going to use. He could have scattered the whole thing with his words. The angel understood the power of words and the angel said, you will not be able to release words that will dispel what God wants to do. And as a result of that, boom, he was shut up. And until he said his name is John, that was when he started talking again. When he came in agreement with God, that's when he started talking again. Yeah. Okay. So, um, that is the fourth brutally honest reason why the next year, 2020 or beyond, will not be different unless you make adjustments. This is getting a bit long and I still have three to go. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to split this into f- into two parts. So there'll be a part one and there'll be a part two. We'll release part one on the Monday and the following Monday um, in time for the end of the year as you prepare for 2020, we'll release part two. So to recap on those four brutally honest reasons, right? why 2020 or any period of time that you're looking 
to make a change will not be different all right unless you make these adjustments number one if you do not have a written clearly defined goal or goals and and not or and a strategic plan of action how are you going to get there who's going to keep you accountable to that plan because it's one year is a long time that's why a lot of us fall by the wayside if 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 it was a week we can sort of stick with a week but a year is a long time a year is a long time so you need people to hold you accountable you need a coach or you need a mentor or at the very least you need an accountability partner that is not for example your husband or your wife that if you say leave me alone joe they'll leave you alone (laughs) You need someone that will leave you alone, that will hold you to account. And this is the way I see you need someone that is always calling you higher. This is what I tell people. You need someone, not yourself, that is always calling you higher, saying, come up, come up, come up. Okay? All right. Number two, number two is if you do not place enough value on your time. And what I stressed in that uh, section is I'm not talking about the time where you are expected to invest your time well, like when you're at work. I'm talking about when the majority, probably 90, if not 95%, are doing something else. They're like, oh, let's just relax, let's just watch TV or Netflix or go on social media where they're not doing anything productive. If you want to um, differentiate yourself from everyone else, then you have to be intentional about how you spend your spare time. Okay. Number three is you must have a, or an unwavering commitment to personal development because you don't get in life what you want. You get in life who you are. You get in life who you are. So if you are reaching for something, you have to develop your capacity to attain it. And then it will come effortlessly to you. And even by, an act of mercy, if it comes to you without you developing that capacity, then you need to very quickly develop yourself to get there. Otherwise you will lose it. Jesus said to the man, was it the man that was born blind or something? And he said, uh, your sins be forgiven. I think he was lame. Pick up your bed and walk. And then he says, stop sinning or else something worse will come upon you. So by an act of mercy, that guy was in sin. That guy was in sin. So he just said, I forgive your sin. And then by an act of mercy, Jesus elevated him, right? And then guess what Jesus now said? He said, stop sinning. So change your status, grow your capacity. Otherwise your latter state will be worse than where you first started. Okay. So absolutely crucial. You develop your capacity. It comes to you. Or if by the act of mercy comes to you first, you need to very quickly develop yourself or you're going back down. And the last one that I'm going to talk about in this episode is you must have a guard, put a guard on your mouth. You cannot be saying in prayer, God, you know, increase me at work. I want a promotion. I flourish on every side. I thrive. I'm planted by the rivers of water. My da, da, da. And then the moment you come out and your boss comes and says, there's a problem with the work that you, 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 you produced. You suddenly say, everybody's against me. I don't know why it's because I'm black. No, you, you, you can't, that's been double-minded. The Bible says that the double-minded person will not receive anything from God. You have to stick to one thing, which is what God has said. When it's difficult, you look it bold in the face and say, and repeat what God has said. Okay, that's number four. And I will be back next week with the remaining three reasons, brutally honest reasons why the next year or next year will not be different unless you make adjustments. I'll see you then. Bye.